This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, sports fans. Oh, have we got an hour for you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> some, some excitement in Formula One to talk about, Well, boys. boogity, boogity, boogity. That was like NASCAR following Vettel back there. And good for the, finally, good for the cameraman. None of this English... Audacity! <laughs> Absolutely. If you if you Let's were listening, if you were listening on the radio, and didn't get to see it. Lewis Hamilton went straight back, went in, and did not go to the podium immediately. Did not go. Oh, Larry, you're going to love this. Yeah, and uh, we thought and he actually went through the Mercedes garage. We thought he was going to go <laughs> NASCAR, go all NASCAR on us, and, and hunt down Lewis <laughs> do Hamilton. Kyle, do a bit of Kyle Busch. Yeah, but wow, uh, pretty exciting race today because primarily because of the controversy but or the controversy, as you say. Controversy, frustrating. It was frustrating. <laughs> now, there, there's a lot to talk about because I'm really torn in many ways because I said at the time, didn't I, as soon as it happened, unfair return, I said, or uh, uh, you know, unsafe return, or that's what they'll claim. Um, but I also see Vettel's point of view, which is where the heck was he supposed to go? And more importantly... And I think for the bigger picture, and Emanuele Puro is a good mate of mine and is one of the hardest racers in his day, um, my argument would be, what the heck? Come on, we're racing here. You just took away the last 20 minutes of 190 million fans. Yeah, incredible. And 300,000 people in the stands. You know, you've got to think of the bigger picture. Was it really worth... Now, the other argument would be to say, hey... Five-second penalty for Stappen when he returns to the track, you've got to keep it stable. You did the rules of the rules, right? And just as I used to pine away when I was in detention, you can sit and talk about whether you should be in detention or you should be wrong, but if them rules, them the rules, and you broke the rules and you were smoking in the boys' room, <laughs> then you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, this uh, we're going to get all into this. Our post-race show is brought to you by Yamaha and the Yamaha Wolverine X2 Proven off-road to help you realize your adventure. Well, Jonathan, I, you know, when I saw it happen, I thought, oh, God. Yeah, my initial reaction was that was Vettel blocking coming off of the race line. And Hamilton said it on his radio. He said he when he comes off the when he goes off the track, he's supposed to come on in a safe way and don't get straight back into the racing line. That, that is the rule. What the, the rule is you are not allowed to impede the race. You can get back on safely. Unsafe return is the name of the rule, which means if you slip off, you miss a corner, like at Spain, okay? Remember Spain, Barcelona? Uh, if you go off at turn one and you come back on, but you literally nudge the guy as you come back on, that's an unsafe return. Uh, 
and I do. I want everybody to call in 512-643-LIVE. That's 643-5483. And I think we should get a call from David from Florida because he is a new <laughs> fan to Formula One. I'd prefer to hear his opinion than anybody else's, to be honest. I know that he is exactly the kind of person we want to hear from because he's brand new to the sport. He just found out about it through the Netflix series and he went to Canada and saw qualifying. What does somebody like that think after they saw a race today? Now, admittedly, this was pretty exciting because of what happened. But yeah, I'd love to hear from him. Yeah, but here, okay, let me take it back. Uh, we watched Indy last night, right? We watched Dixon and Herter come together, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, big incident, ruined both their races, ruined, you know, could ruin Dixon's championship. He omitted fault, but Herter was out too, could have won the race. Anyway, that's yeah. Indy. But no, no, no sort of extra penalties. You saw the incident, the race has restarted, and we're back onto racing. And that's where I think Formula One needs to really look closely as we look to 2021 is, you know, I, I get it, but people who don't know the sport, who are coming to it and are looking for a sport, can't get, you know, they don't understand. One guy finishes the race, takes the checkered flag, but he's not the winner. Yeah. And then you're watching the pictures and he takes the sign away and he doesn't go to the podium and then he turns around and, and takes the one and makes it the two and he's annoyed and he's on the radio. And yes, there's a, there's a certain amount of drama to it, but come on, guys. Yeah. You know, play on. The referee in soccer, you know, you can get knocked over in the penalty area. It's then up to the referee as to whether it should be a penalty. And in my opinion... Given those circumstances, given if it was a, a battle for eighth or ninth, yeah, that's then a good, maybe you look at it differently. Yeah, but this was the whole race. This was the whole. We've been here three days in Canada. Well, four a, days. A good comparison is the NFL or the NBA. How many times have you heard them say they're letting them play? Right, they're letting them play and because that's exactly in soccer. What you're arguing now is they should have let them play. Well, and and in soccer, you say you play on advantage. Okay. Right. Which is, uh, if you are in the advantage now, that and that's what I think Vettel should have done, which is Vettel should have returned. He did come on and probably didn't have a lot of time to react. But what he should have done is, as soon as he blocked Hamilton, he should have pulled over and allowed Hamilton through. At which point he could then chase him down. Okay. And that would have been, from my point of view, because the stewards aren't going to make a decision on the fly. They're going to make a decision over the next three or four minutes. They're going to review it. Well, they're, they're going to look at the pictures. But it's over then. It is over then. But it's Vettel, over. But Vettel has, by letting Hamilton through to the lead, okay. having blocked him, yes. let him play advantage. In other words, he knew that he's a racer. He knew that Hamilton had the advantage. He made a mistake. Right. To Vettel. Right. That's then, how, let's not forget. Accidentally, that's, that's how all this started was right. he made a mistake. He made a mistake. But he then uh, blocked Hamilton, who was on the racing line, and had there been no walls, as Hamilton would have said, he would have passed him on the outside, right? So the simple thing to do was to keep off the racing line or get off it as soon as he could, allow Hamilton literally a heartbeat of a second, a tenth of a second to get through, and then chase him down. And I think the stewards would have gone, okay, he knew he was in the wrong there. He's given up the position, given up the lead of the race after leading it for so long. Um, we're not going to give him a five-second penalty. Instead, okay, but the art, but so my argument about against that is if I'm Ferrari... And I'm Vettel, I do what he did. Because if I had done the right thing and what you just said and let him through, he would have. He never would have caught him. He would have never caught Hamilton, I think. But he, he made the mistake anyway. So. It's, it's true. But at least he had the chance that the stewards might not call it. Because you notice how many minutes passed? In fact, I thought, 
I, I thought that, yeah. Let's, in fact, let's, let's hear that what Vettel's radio said right then. This has to go that way. If it goes to the inside, it goes past me. Okay, stay focused. Copy that. Yeah. Stay focused. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. I am focused, but they're stealing the race from us. I am focused, but they're stealing the race from us. Yeah. Mm. Well, my whole point with all that is that if he had he let Hamilton through, we all know what Hamilton would have done. He would have gone on and win the race. The chances of, of Vettel catching him are probably what? You know, they use those stats on screen and in the uh, ESPN. It's like maybe 10%. So I, I think he played the right gamble is what I'm saying. All right. Uh, let me sum it up a different way because I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate all the time sure. here in terms of I am a little bit. Draw, I'm, I'm cut between this. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay, so here's how I. Here's the other side of how I feel. The rules are the rules, and the rules state: if you make a mistake and go off track, you then need to come back on, off the racing line in a safe manner, not to impede the racing line or the racers in that on that racing line. So he failed. He broke the rules. The rules say, and it has been uh, dished out to many drivers before, including Verstappen, a five-second penalty. So, as the judges of each race in every round, there are different stewards each round, but they've got to stay consistent. Otherwise, we don't have a rule book. You know, yeah. you've got to use your passport when you go through another country. Otherwise... <laughs> okay, I agree with that. Let's just put... Let's say you were the team boss for Ferrari and you could see this about to happen and you could you were in Vettel's headset. Would you tell him, oh, let him go... And we'll we'll let the stewards make the call, and we'll see if if you can catch Hamilton and pass him. Or would you say, stay in his in front of him, stay in the racing line, and we'll take our chances? If I knew the rule book, I would say let him by, because you then won't get a five second penalty. He could break down. Yeah, that's that is the only argument now, I, uh, right there. They can also could break have, down. they can also appeal a steward's decision to the FIA. There is a yeah. court of appeal in in Paris, uh, and that has been put. Pulled out many a time. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, no question about it. Ah, my dreams do come true. Yes, you ask and you shall receive because in the pre-race show, we had a gentleman who was brand new to Formula One and he got to go to the Montreal Grand Prix. He's, he getting, to go to, he's getting to go to Austin. Yeah, he got to go to qualifying and uh, and so he's back on the line. He want to hear, well, this is a brand new fan to F1. Let's hear from Dave from Florida. Dave, welcome back to the show. Hey, gentlemen, thanks for having me back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been so. Admittedly, I was unable to watch it. I was listening to the entire uh, broadcast on Sirius. So, Good man. Uh, I did not get a chance to see it. However, uh, I, I agree with your assessment of the kind of playing the advantage. Right? Uh, obviously, I've learned more about this rule listening to this broadcast than anything that I know about Formula One so far. But we resemble uh, that remark. <laughs> in order, to, in, in order to keep it competitive, because that did kill. I mean, that, that essentially killed the last fifteen minutes of the race. Um, a five-second penalty at that point was unrecoverable from the position they were in. And so I think that needs to be a rule change. It seemed like, based on the rules, that was probably the right call. Mm-hmm. Uh, understand Sebastian Vettel's uh, obviously indignant towards that, and, and as well he should be. It's, you know, as a racer, you're trying to win. Uh, and, and based on the description of it, it sounded like that almost anybody would have made that move. But uh, they've got to find a way to, to keep it competitive, uh, even after something like that happens. And even if it's as simple as, a forced pass, uh, I think, would make a lot of sense there and allow him to chase him down. But that's just, again, that's coming from a brand new guy and uh, and who doesn't know a whole lot about it. Well, Dave, that's why I wanted your your take because you've you've answered exactly what my question was, which is if you're new to the sport, it's hard to understand. I mean, do you do you follow other sports? And uh, I'm guessing you do. Um, I sure do. Well, yeah. and and so in other sports, uh, are you equally fi- do you feel equally disenfranchised when? 
uh, Odell Beckham doesn't catch the ball or it's deemed to be out or it's a third down and, and inches or whatever it might be or it's a line call in tennis, I don't know. But what I'm getting at is most other sports have clear uh, indications of what the rules are. This is interpretable every weekend, okay. and that's my problem with let's it. Sit, let's use the example you just gave. Let's. I want to get your opinion too, Dave. Okay, Odell Beckham is about to score a touchdown, and you as the defensive back, there's no way legally you can knock the ball away. He's jumped up in the air. He's three feet above you. All you can do is interfere. Do you interfere? We see that all the time in the NFL, and a good bit of the time, they do. They call. They they go for the interference, especially. So you play the third down again, yeah. Yeah, especially yeah. if you think that you might be able to get away with it, you know. So it's, it's the smart play in a situation like that, and it was the smart play today. Um, except, you know, in, in football, you get to play another down. You, you'll take the yardage. Right. You get to play another down, and you still there's still drama built yeah. into it. In, in this kind of case, it it essentially killed the drama that everybody you know that had been building for for 60 laps at this point, almost. Um, and it just kind of, in one swift kick, just kind of destroyed that part and, of it. And Dave, let me just put a framing on this. The two competents today were a five-time world champion and a four-time world champion. These guys yeah. have raced each other for the best part of 20 years. They know yeah, the sport in and out. They, they are the LeBron James and Seth Curry of <laughs> yeah. motor racing. So there is yeah. no trick in the book that the, either one of them doesn't know. So my point is, do you agree with me that Vettel, once he made the mistake and once he's, I mean, you're an airline pilot, you know how to think quick. These guys think quicker than most. Um, he knew that he was going to come back on the track and he was going to impede the guy in front of him. Do you not agree with me that what he should have done is, fine, impeded him at the time and then moved over and said, yeah, I'm at fault, you come through and then I'll chase you down and then I won't get penalized. I agree with you from the stand. I agree with you if the rules would have allowed for that. If he knew that the, he was going to get penalized regardless, then I wouldn't have done anything different. But if he knew that by moving and letting Hamilton gain the advantage on that and thought that that would absorb the five-second penalty, then, yeah, I would have absolutely done that. But yeah. I don't necessarily know that that would have been the case regardless. He may have given up the position and then gotten the five-second penalty anyways. Which is, yeah, which is true. But um, I think that's what, that to me would have been the smarter move. And you do see drivers or you do see uh, overtakes uh, which are illegal. Like uh, when we're under a safety car, you'll see a, a, a driver maybe go too quick. Uh, and, and then you'll hear them come on the radio and say, hey, give that place back. Um, and then you won't yeah. get penalized. So this is quite normal for motor racing to give a place back when you have impeded somebody illegally. Here's somebody who just... Absolutely. He just tweeted at us, and, and this is a whole different perspective. This is Chris Velasquez. He tweeted at us, and he said, he said they did steal the race from him being Vettel. He said, I don't understand why blocking is penalized in any form of motorsports. It's part of motorsports. I know. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, from a purely entertainment standpoint, and you go, you know, there's so many different angles you can think about this, but that is another viewpoint. It, so it, it, sounded, it sounded like he came across the grass, I'm, and I'm imagining this was at the hairpin turn. Correct? It was, yeah. Yeah, so he, came, he, did, he came across the grass. So at that point, he left the racing service. Yep. Um, yep. You know, I, I can't necessarily agree that blocking, if you depart the track and then come back on and block, that seems to not necessarily be in, in the spirit of it, you know, mm -hmm. um, especially because it was a mistake that Vettel, Vettel had made. 
What you also missed was some real good petulant stuff. It was like NASCAR at the end. He refused to put his car in the part ferme, which is at the end of the paddock, uh, where all three cars go. And then they put the first car in the middle, second car to the left, and the third car to the right. He went. He, he left his car back in the in the in the pit somewhere. Ran off. Went to the stewards with his helmet on. Shouted at them. Was forced <laughs> out. Then went through the Mercedes pit. Walked up to the two cars. Swapped the one place with the two place, and then waved to the crowd. <laughs> yeah, I, I was cracking up. I thought that was very. American of him. I was, it was yeah, yeah. for German, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's that was been, fantastic. <laughs> he's been very un-German like and when he won the poll screaming and yelling. This is great. I this is what this is what I was hoping for this weekend, even though it's still a Mercedes win. Uh well Dave, well, thank you. Thank you for hey, calling in welcome. again, man. You we know, hope, hopefully it'll build drama for the next race and you know it, it'll continue the the kind of legacy that both these guys have and it'll just be another page in the storybook and you know, it'll be one of those things that guys will look back on and everybody will argue about it for weeks, but uh, it'll, I, I, you know, it may add, just add fuel to the fire for the rest of the season. <laughs> exactly. All right, thanks, Dave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks right, a lot. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Uh, you too. Good. Uh, all right, well, we got to take a break. Uh, what I suspect. Yeah, yeah. All right, you're listening to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, I'm Felipe Massa and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. No, 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 guys. No, no, no. Not like that. Not like that. No, no, no. Seriously, you need to be an absolute blind man to think that you can go through the grass and then control your car. I was lucky that I didn't hit the wall. Where the hell I am supposed to go? This is a wrong world, I tell you. This is not fair. Great crowd. Great race, ragazzi. Grazie. Grazie, ragazzi. There you go, Jonathan. I mean, that that is Vettel, obviously Sebastian Vettel, talking about coming out of the grass, saying he has no traction on his tires, and he's lucky he didn't hit the wall. I, you've got to, uh, you know, you got to feel for the guy. He's won. He's, you know, he's, he's basically dominated the weekend. He's taken pole position. And I've said before the start of the race, he had to win this race, and he didn't. I know. And that's the sad thing for all of us fans. And you know what? That's what we are, guys. That We're fans, and we want to hear what you have to say about all this. 512-643-LIVE. 512-643-5483. Write it down. And, uh, in fact, we've got a couple of callers right now. Let's, um, let's start with George. George, how are you? Welcome to Speed City. There's no crying in Formula One. <laughs> no crying. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So, I thought, so you agree I with the I stewards? Would... No. I think that Vettel okay. did all he can to avoid the wall and avoid a crash. I thought it was I thought it was Bush League. 
I think Ferrari's going to, I think, I don't know if they have room to file a complaint or file whatever. Yeah, they did. Or something to the FIA, but guess who's the head of the FIA? <laughs> <laughs> and what and what team did he used to run? But I think Ferrari has a case. And as crazy as it sounds, a friend of mine was just texting me who's not an F1 fan who actually watched the race. He said, hey, maybe this little controversy will give F1 a little more notoriety. Maybe this will make ESPN Sports Center tonight. Ha, that, um, yeah, that, that's a really good that point. That is a brilliant point, George. Let's let's have some controversy and get this on some national media here in the United States. I love that. Thank you for thinking about that. And and uh, call your local congressman. <laughs> hey, George, you've you've been on before, right? Yeah, I've been on before. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get free tickets, but you know, to Austin. But I don't know what I have to do. <laughs> well, we 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 know you. and We love you, George. We think you're great. But didn't you come last year anyway? No, no, I didn't come last. I tried to. I thought I was going to come, but um, let's just say fin- finances um said no. Where are you Where are you based? Out of Washington D.C. I'm in the Washington D.C. area. All right, well, well, I went to Indy back in the day, so I, I've been to F1 in Indy. Um, races. I, I'm just trying to find something where I can fly in and out of Austin and, you know, real, you know, spend like a day or two and just come straight back. All right. But, I, um, I got an idea. All right. You, I, you, you usually don't give tickets to people who ask for them, but, you, but you've but you contributed the best comment of the day. And I'm going to give you some tickets, George, a pair of tickets to come to see you race here in Austin. Whoa. Well, well, thank you very much. Now, I got another plan for you. You got to call the previous caller, Dave. He's an airline pilot. <laughs> yeah, he's going to fly you. Yeah. Somehow, <laughs> you guys can connect and get you get you to Austin. <laughs> okay. I, I will accept that. Hey, one quick thing. Um, I want to say something that's probably going to get lost in all of this, but McLaren, they're making, they're making improvements. Yes. And I'm really... Yeah, they are making they are making very good incremental improvements, and Lando Norris is he's driving he's just out driving the science. And you know I know it's going to get lost. This is mid team, lower mid team thing, and people are focused at the front of the grid. But Haas no. is dropping so far back. Yeah, that's been it's not, it's, it's it's bad. I mean they got to make some changes there, but McLaren. Is really that that chassis and everything is coming together, and I, I, I think that should be noted before you know everybody just kind of goes into. Oh, what about Roman Grosjean? Yeah, I agree with you. But look at Roman Grosjean. I mean, he didn't. He, he, he wasn't a tra- bad luck. He wouldn't have any. Yeah, I and he's gonna. Y'all last year, I called y'all last year in China. <laughs> I said he needs to be gone. I said he needs. To you be did. Gone last year. You did. I said he needs to be gone. I, the, I, the, at first, I thought he'll be the first driver let go this year. It yep. may be caveat, but Grosjean should be. Next, because this this is bad. I mean, this is in so, house. I don't know if they have an engineering problem or a driver problem or a morale problem. Yeah. Uh, so, who would you put in his seat? Let's say. Oof. That's the question. That is sixty-four thousand veteran. Unless you pluck somebody from, um, you know, the, the lower series. I think you got to pluck somebody who's out of a seat. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Colton Herta? or somebody like Ocon or somebody like this. Yeah, the top, yeah, Ocon, unfortunately, has got a, a ball and chain with a silver with a silver arrow on it. Um, what, from Mercedes. What about the driver from Indy? I think his name is I forget his name. Colton uh, Herta? Yeah. What about him? Yeah, that would be awesome. He's 19. He's as fast as you like. Hey, and, and, and you know what? We interviewed Gunther Steiner three weeks ago, and I asked him yeah. that exact question, and he has never said a name before, and he said it. He yep. said Colton Herta. 
So you heard it here first. So if I if I say if one of my predictions is right and one of the um, drivers getting let go, will, will I get like a um, twenty dollar ticket in the grandstand <laughs> with, with with all the with all the other peasants? Now come on, George. Now you you're pushing it now, George. By the way, <laughs> by the way, I agree with your <laughs> I agree with your Norris line. That kid is 19. He'd never seen Canada until this weekend. And I mean, he's never raced here. He's a rookie. Uh, and you're right. He is absolutely, literally single-handedly taking this McLaren team, regardless of science. And you're right. He's out qualifying him, uh, who is, what, 28, 29 now? With a, he is effectively, in Formula One terms, is a veteran driver, son of a world champion rally car driver. You know, this is a senior, senior guy. He's up there with Ricardo, his sons, in terms of experience. But... But this little kid, this 19-year-old, is showing him the way and showing McLaren how to get back to winning ways. So you have not, that is not lost on me at all. Hey, George, what about, there's another driver you all haven't mentioned. I mentioned him briefly in the pre-show, but what about Daniel Kvyat in the points today and no crashing into anybody? He's, Daniel Kvyat has also, he's a new man. He's quietly becoming somebody to keep an eye on here. Well, at first I thought he was going to, I thought he was, the second version of, I don't want to say Perez, I don't want to say any names, but, you know, a, a certain driver who was wrecking cars every other week. That was not the same one that you want to get rid of. <laughs> but uh, I, he's really improved, and um, he really, I thought he was going to be the first to go. I really did. I mean, I literally thought he was driving, but he had, let's just say he has a lot of money behind him, and maybe that's part of the reason he kind of lasted this long. But, I mean, now I, I think Stroll, but, hey, look, he, he literally, his father literally bought him a team, so that's not going to happen. Well, I say that, but, and I say his father's a businessman, and I say if, he gives, if he's a good businessman, you only, you only keep your losses for so long, and I don't know how long little, little boy Blue's going to be there. He reminds me of um, a long ago, a lot of people might have forgot his name, is Ralph Furman. Oh, I remember <laughs> Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, great show, and um, I'm going to listen and just, hear all the Ferrari fanboys calling in and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and we'll see you in November. Yeah, hang on the line and let our producer get your information, George. Thank you. Okay, take care. All right, thanks, buddy. Uh, so uh, He's a good guy. I, I, he, he did call in China and say, get rid of Joe. I remember. Because at the time, I it was remember, like, yeah, God, yeah, come yeah. on, man, be, be kind. And he's like, there is no kind in Formula One. This guy's not performing, and he should be out. Yeah, uh, somebody just tweeted us. What about Kimi Raikkonen today? Fifteenth. Yeah, uh, for Romeo. I, yeah, you know my theory. Uh, actually, it's not my theory. I, I've been, I've been talking about Alpha being the <laughs> Alpha being the beta, but oh, Alpha, yeah. Alpha Romeo being the, being the B team to Ferrari, and I worried that that would upset Haas in terms of you know uh, the fact that they have been the, the 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 B team to Ferrari, but now Alpha very much with the name on the side of the car um, have made themselves the B team, and Karun Chandok, good friend of mine, Karun for Sky, said uh, <laughs> I say he's a good friend of mine. I've known him since he was ten. Really? It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's really quite quite funny. I like him. He's I like a lovely, he's doing, a lovely yeah. guy, and he was. I followed him all through Formula One when he got in because he was a, a mate. He did commentary with me for years. Anyway, uh, he said uh, that he feels that on Friday, um, Raikkonen was four thousandths of a second off Vettel's time in the Alfa Romeo, uh, and likewise, Giovinazzi was also right up there. And he thinks that uh, Ferrari are using Alfa Romeo and their engine, their Ferrari engine, to test. 
how hard they can push that engine, which is we saw a Mercedes blow up with Stroll mm-hmm, mm-hmm. earlier in the weekend. So maybe that is a theory that uh, there is a far bigger unison between Ferrari and Alfa Romeo. And what does that no, mean for Haas? Well, uh, and that's not good for Haas. Uh, it's very similar to how Toro Rosso with their Honda last year help uh, Red Bull this year, if you like, because they got they got the engine first and so they helped to develop it. And you might be seeing that's what Alfa Romeo are doing. It's a smart move. Uh, but what it means for Haas, I don't know. Yeah, um, they're Ferrari, also Ferrari powered, yeah. and, and I, I don't think that they've got the same, you know, sisterhood, so to speak. Yeah, a little bit rough. Somebody else just tweeted out. By the way, you can tweet us at Speedcaster. We're watching those live. It said uh, somebody we're responding to our question about did uh, the stewards steal the race from Sebastian Vettel? He says the level of pettiness we should all aspire to. Hashtag Forza Ferrari. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I see the point, but. I still think it's all good entertainment. And I don't I don't I don't want to be NASCAR, but I enjoy I think that this was founded I found it enough in in uh, uh there's a good enough argument for him to to do what he did. By the way, if you were wondering where Les is and why it's gone quiet over there, Les is actually hiding in Sebastian Vettel's motorhome and waiting for the exclusive interview. So good luck, Les. That's right. Les, Les actually was at he's he's at the Grand Prix in Montreal. But he literally had to bolt right at the race ended to go catch a flight back. So we're probably going to hear from him in a rent-a-car or something here shortly and get, uh, get his take on this. But, man, if you missed the pre-show, we had Les on the grid interviewing people as he went. We heard from a bunch of and the drivers. We've got some more to come as well. We've got, uh, you got an interview with the, the bell of the ball, so to speak, uh, Jack Villeneuve. So. Yeah, that's right. We'll hear some of that here in a minute. But you know what? Let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we got a caller on the line. We're going to go to Andy after this you're listening to speed city we're live in austin back after these messages tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four Doncic. The Step Back 3, you bet! Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Before we get back into the Canadian Grand Prix discussion, I want to talk about a new sponsor in Formula One. That's always a big deal when somebody else comes into Formula One. It's such a rarefied air. And rarefied air is a perfect way to describe what these guys do. DriveHimalaya.com. What they build are some of the most amazing vehicles on the planet. They take the, the classic Defender 90s and Defender 110s from years ago, and they restore them, resto-mod them. I hate to even use the word resto-mod because it's not a strong enough word. They make unbelievable vehicles. No nut bolt undone that is not perfectly and, and well thought out. And these guys use amazing modern drivetrains like the LS drivetrains from General Motors that are in Corvettes and Cadillacs and 
So you have incredible performance, unbelievable reliability, all the things that you never got with the original Defenders. Plus they use all the, everything that you'd ever want from the drivetrain, from the axles and the ratios and everything and make these cars, these trucks just unbelievable. And and unlike some of these other super rare resto mod type vehicles, you can actually buy them right now. If you go to the website right now, they have some available stock including the Spectre that I'm looking at. It was a Defender 110, you know, the humble origins of the of the Defender 110, and just go over the top with these things. They are truly amazing. You have to come take a look at these because if you like this type of vehicle, this is the, this is the pinnacle. Like Formula One, it's the pinnacle. All right, Jonathan, let's talk more about the Canadian Grand Prix. And, <laughs> Which is going and, nuts. And, and you know what? Before we do that, we have a caller on the line. Uh, we have Andy P. And he said in his subject uh, was Chicago. Because, oh, I want to talk about that. Yeah, they had the F1 Festival in Chicago. Andy P., welcome back to the show, man. Good to talk to you. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, we're doing great. So you, uh, you had the F1 Festival come to your little town. Little, not so little, but yes, <laughs> we did. <laughs> um, it was it, very overall, very fun day. Um, it was always great to see F1 cars close up. So, uh, you know, from my perspective, I was happy. They had the qualifying on the big screens, and thanks to Kevin Magnuson, we had a little bit of an extra show in terms of the crash and everything. Um, I thought it was personally a better crowd than I would have expected, which uh, leads me to, to be happy about the fact that I, I think in this area there's really a, a, a passionate subculture that's kind of right under the surface that if you can just tap it a little bit more, um, you, you, you may really have something. Uh, and normally aspirated streaming engines during the car show. Um, I love that sound, mm-hmm. and that's always So what cars did they have? Yeah, what year were they from? Um, they had a 1985 Toman. They had a BAR Honda from, uh, I want to say, 97, 98, that was Olivier Panisse was driving it. Um, he wasn't oh. actually driving it, but it was his car. Right. Uh, they had a Sauber C30, and oh. the Minardi two-seater was there. Oh, that's good. So yeah. Cool. It wasn't the deepest of car fields, but it was still relatively, I think, pretty impressive. And was there anybody interesting driving them? I was with uh, uh, Esteban Gutierrez last weekend in Sonoma. That was one of my critiques of this. They didn't introduce who was driving it. Ah. So there wasn't really any way to identify with, honestly, I couldn't tell you because I don't know. Mm. Mm. So good, decent crowd, do you think? I think for an event that came together relatively quickly, there, um, the whole lining of the, 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 uh, the car um, demonstration was about two or three people deep. Okay. It was a pretty good crowd. And, is, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're in Chicago and you're an F1 fan. Do you believe, as they have done with soccer on NBC, uh, do you think that they're trying to sort of say, hey, this is a location we'd like to come to and we're just testing the water uh, with a view to maybe bringing a street race to Chicago? I think they wanted to kick the tires and see what was here. And, I, and I'm hoping that I was buoyed by the fact that the crowd was bigger than I thought it was going to be. Um, cause I went around trying to look for different social media outlets and I didn't see a whole lot of buzz on it until after I, I was there and lots of people were in gear. Lots of people knew what they were talking about. They, they were big fans of the sport and it was, it was a lot of fun. 
And was there opportunities? I mean, like you say, you, you know, you, you, you're like us. You're, you're, you're watching every week. What about the opportunity for, for casual fans, a girlfriend or a, a cousin who isn't interested but wants to just come along and then they go away going, hey, you know, this is kind of cool. I might, I might tune in to the next Grand Prix. Do you think that opened, it up, opened the door for a few new fans? I think putting the qualifying on definitely did that because that was a very fun and interesting session all the way throughout. So in that aspect, you, you kind of got the best part of a lot of the weekends, you know, bar what happened today. I mean, today was kind of on the next level, but um, I thought overall that mix going right and then into the car show. And I didn't stick around for any of the concerts, so I can't comment necessarily on that. But I thought then coming back, even from the car part, into them like a concert type venue mixes a lot of what I think Liberty's trying to do in terms of making it a festival atmosphere. Well, let me ask you this. Um, as you know, they've been to Miami. Um, they did a festival there a couple of years ago. Um, they've been, you know, they've, they've struggled to actually find a home. Um, do you think this is going to make the Monday papers, the, the sort of editorials do you think it's going to interest and prickly interest in chicago generally um you know it's an old city it's a very well established city they know about marathons and events and running and and, and all sorts of sporting events and concerts and so on so this isn't going to frighten the, the 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 community of chicago having something like this um but do you think it's going to create what they hope will cre- will at least create a debate amongst the you know the councils and 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 the and the mayor and so on and so forth or, or not I'd like to think that it would. Um, the, my, my take on, on this just general area with Chicago being a much bigger city than, yeah, kind of like when they, went, when they were looking at New York, the same type of thing. Here's what's going to happen. When F1 comes to a lot of these places, it's the thing for yep. that weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay? When you come to a place like Chicago, New York, bigger cities, it's going to be a thing, and it's going to be a big thing. Mm. But it's going to be one thing with about 10 other littler things going on at the same time. So if F1 is willing to kind of share some of the spotlight and work with those other things, I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, yeah. I, I just... We have to deal with that same thing here in Austin. I sure. mean, is yeah, it's a huge thing, but sometimes it goes up against Longhorn football, which <laughs> we had a Halloween, oh yeah, a Longhorn football game and the Formula One. Can yeah. you imagine Austin Sixth on a Street. night like that? Yeah, Sixth Street <laughs> and everything else. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, it's cool that you've uh, you 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 went. Uh, it's I'm 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 glad that uh, F1 are doing these festivals. There's going to be more. There's another one in September. I don't know the exact date, but it, in September they're going to LA. Um, and I think this is part of um, you know a, an edict by Formula One to try to grow the sport around America. And yes, dip, like you say, kick the tires a little bit and see where they wouldn't mind going. And I think the the the, the interest once you start running ta- uh, cars around a town. That's when you find out whether they want you there or not. Right, for sure. And, and like I said, I was buoyed by the fact that I, I, it was a really, it was a, a well-educated, younger crowd, actually, than what I thought. That's interesting. And a lot of the promotion around here was really social media-based. Yeah. So well, um, I, I thought that was a significant part of it, too. It's interesting, Andy. I, I don't know your age, but I think you're around the same as us. And I, I, I was reading that in America, the growth of Formula One support is actually between 24 and 34. Um, there was just one article of, of, of the, the viewers on ESPN and so on and so forth. Um, and I think that is actually good news because oh, that's, what, yeah. that's, that's what F1 that's really needs. That's what they're trying to get. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. There needs to be another generation to take the sport in, in this country to that next level. Well, Andy, if you what, can build it kind of from the grassroots up, that's what you're going for. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what about, what about today's race? What do you think about Sebastian's his complaint and, and everything, anything from today's race? I, well, I, just in stewarding in general, this is why you miss Charlie Whiting so much. Because, <laughs> and, and God rest his soul, because yeah. you would have, he would have come out and he would have delivered a clear, concise, this is what we did, this is how we did it, type of exclamation, explanation. And, and, and that really would have been it. To me, you leave that decision until after the race, mm. because mm. in the heat of the battle, and I know nobody likes to hear the, you know, the stewards do something later, but I think this was a case you needed to hear from Lewis, you needed to hear from Seb, you needed to get, look at all of the data in, in a lot longer time frame to see was that really justified, because I really didn't see it. Um, if that wall isn't there, and I don't know that Lewis had established himself enough to say he would have completed that pass if Seb hadn't hindered him. So I don't know. I haven't seen the data or anything like that. Yeah. I thought it was harsh. We're do trying you, to race. Do you, think, uh, do you think that my advantage argument, which is Vettel, you know, he's a smart guy, both these are the two smartest guys in the sport. If Vettel had just moved over and let Hamilton pass because he knew he'd impeded him, um, he'd have got away with that getting the penalty. I think you wouldn't have gotten a penalty had he done that. Yeah, yep. I, I definitely yeah, that's a do. Agree. Because yeah. at that point, what else is there left to adjudicate? Because the whole point was, would Hamilton have gotten past him there? Yeah. Uh, there's a Twitter that says, uh, harsh penalty, but he screwed himself as well. No mistake equals no penalty. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, a tough one. It, It'll roll on. Yeah, it's, very, it's a very tough one. I mean, it, it's fun that we're talking about it, and I guess from that perspective, it's good for the sport, but kind of we're talking about things for all the wrong reasons yeah well what about another reason like i said you're you're a, a long-time follower of f1 what did you notice uh george made a good point he was really impressed with mclaren and how lando norris is bringing that team out of the out of the doldrums um anybody else you want to sort of pinpoint i gotta give it to the renos today double yep. points for that team for a team that seemed like they were wallowing in nowheresville for for the good part of the first part of the year you know, it's good to see them kind of get their act together for a bit. Nice to always see Daniel Ricciardo fighting. That's why you wanted that guy in a, in a competitive car, because he's going to give you that racer's edge. Uh, pu- pu- put it to the limit, which is what the fans want to see. Good point. Yeah, good point. Uh, you know what, though? You talk about the penalty and maybe waiting till after the race. I'm going to just play devil's advocate because I don't really have an opinion. I did enjoy the fact that for at least a few laps, we thought, okay, we got the penalty. We know that Hamilton's probably going to win. But at that point, there was about a 2.4 second lead for Vettel. And you thought, okay, can he possibly stretch that? Because, you know, you heard some frantic radio calls from Lewis. They were talking about use this button or use this mode or whatever, right? And thinking, are they on the ragged edge? Is there, po- is there a possibility for Hamilton to extend that out to four seconds? I don't know. At least... At least when they crossed the finish line, we knew exactly what had happened. Because that is always a bummer. You hear an hour later that something happened. And and in this case, the winner of the race and such a pivotal point in the season where Ferrari has got to start winning to keep Mercedes from just blowing the season out. So anyway, but well, guys, we got to take a break. Andy P, thank you for calling yeah, in. Thanks we for appreciate it. In. Glad you got to go to Chicago's Fest, F1 Festival, and we appreciate your feedback on that.
All right, guys, we're going to go and take this break. We'll talk to you after these messages. this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. So where's your class if you are wrong? Get over right away is all underdogs. We will never be never. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, we have a caller on the line right now. We have Carlos from Houston. Carlos, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Good. How's it going? Good, good, good. I, I didn't get to see it. I, I listened to the race. On the, I just want to want to add there that uh, why does Vettel keep tracking under pressure? Yeah, yeah. Actually, that is the biggest. That's a bigger that, question. That's the biggest question of the day because you're absolutely right. It's always him, and it's always everybody else's fault. Yes, exactly. You know, and and you know, I mean, clearly, clearly, he if he if he would have. You know, cracked under pressure. I'm going to watch it later on tonight, but, um, you know, it, it, we wouldn't even be discussing this. And, and the annoying thing is that there was a second or so between them. It wasn't as though Hamilton was all over the back of him trying to force him into a mistake. He'd been doing 60 laps at that pace. Uh, he made a mistake. Let's 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 and, clear the air. And after last year, after all the mistakes yeah. and mistakes this year, I, I have to admit I forgot about it because it did get exciting. But as soon as I looked up and we I had all this race in front of us, I thought, okay, uh, Sebastian's going to make a mistake. And I really forgot about it. Till you just said that, Carlos, because he made he's made so many. But I at, at a good point with the way through. I thought, well, maybe Sebastian's got his groove back. He had a great qualifying. But you're right. That's what this boils down to is a mistake by him. You know, in, in the end, that's what it, that's what it is to me. And I, I think there's precedence if you look at you know back when he was in Red Bull, and Ricardo came up as his to challenge him. Actually, you know, he 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 started cracking then, and and then he went to Ferrari. And and under you know, it, it's it's always about him. I I, I think he generally cracks under pressure. Well, it's interesting because Benotto, his boss, has just been on Sky Sports saying that this was a moral win for Ferrari. And, you know, really, however you look at it, <laughs> it, 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 you know, it's an, it's an odd one. 
<laughs> well, and my last name is Passini, so you can imagine <laughs> <laughs> the colors of my team. But you know, it, it, it's always the, the same, man. <laughs> hey, Carlos, you're just down the road in Houston. Do you uh, do you come to Austin for the race every year? Oh, I haven't missed a race yet. Yeah, I, I uh, I've gone since the first first one in Austin, and uh, I'll be there again this year. What do you sit? I um. Well, the first the first time I was at turn six and all that, then I went to turn eleven, and then they took those bleachers out, and then I've been going to twelve the last two years. Yeah, I you know it's so funny. People don't go down to eleven. I'd go and get myself a couple of chairs and a blanket and about twenty four pack and <laughs> sit there all day long. In fact, actually, I might commentate from there next time <laughs> without the twenty four pack. Without the twenty four pack, huh? Yeah, it's a good place to see the race, but but turn twelve is really nice. I, yeah, it I, is. I, that's where all the action happens. And you so, can see right like, across to 13 and 14 there, can't you? Yeah, and you can actually, if you sit up high, you can see, uh, you, you can even see turn one. Yes, you can. So, you yeah. know what, guys? This is what's so brilliant about Coda is that you, you can't, you can't, <laughs> Carlos, you, I can't tell you how many people call and say, well, I sit, I sit here and here's why, because I see all this. There is a, a, a whole bunch of places you can sit and have a great spot at Coda. But, well, Carlos, thanks for calling in, buddy. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And, uh, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. You got it, man. All right. We got another caller on the line. We got, uh, where's he from? We got Gary from Oregon. A long way. Hey, Gary, how's it going? Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you so much. Um, really enjoyed the race. Really enjoy your show. Oh, thank you. Um, I got kind of, I got kind of an, an approach because uh, this is such a, a high-tech sport is that, um, to me, the first guy over the line should be the winner. Yes. <laughs> but but <laughs> if, if they want to take and put uh, infractions, make the infractions to the points, and yeah. so Sibby could have been standing up uh, number one. He's the winner. Wouldn't have to have a snit running all around and this and that, although it was darn good entertainment. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For a very dull sport. Well, it's becoming <laughs> a very dull sport. Yeah. Um, but just put the penalties and the points separate. That is a, a very know, interesting idea. And have they done something like this? I'm trying to think of other motorsports, well, but uh, well, uh, yeah. I mean, and I think to be honest, I, I, I've been involved in sports news for a long time, and, and and I do commentary, obviously, for motorsport. But that's what annoys me as somebody involved in news is that I'm there giving the call, oh yeah, and, and I, I'm basically falsely calling the race, and my excitement is muted because I don't know. At least if I'm able to call the race and say, and Vettel wins in Canada. Oh, there's a there's an inquiry going on. The podium gets done, well, and it makes the intrigue go you know you'll tune in next week or you'll tune in to find out what happened because that's the drama wasn't it but so it means that the news stations don't know what the story is because the guy that won didn't win it's just confusing well, how how weird was it to, today to hear to listen to them call yeah and you know you watch that'll come across the line and they go and lewis hamilton wins and you're like if you're new to the sport you right. go what what and if and you're watching car- in a bar you're like no the red car won what's yeah. he doing up there yeah that's a really interesting point gary i had i hadn't really thought about that that would be it would be one way to you know to do it, I guess. Well, you're talking about your your viewers and yeah. the new viewers coming on. Yeah. But I, I I have to say, I'm 72 years old, and so being in retirement, and I go to my veterans groups, 
And the guys, you know, I'll, I'll go, well, what did you do this weekend? Well, I watched Formula One, and a lot of guys are into stock cars and stuff like that. I'm noticing that in my age group that there are more guys watching Formula One. Uh-huh. But the, the, sad, the sad part about Formula One is the fact that these races are so dull and predictable because these guys are like running down a chute and there are so little places to pass mm. and the venues are boring. Yeah, well, yeah, look, it's interesting. That, this know, is what's all 2021, the rules changes that are coming. This is what this is all about. You know, the cost cap discussion was big this week about the possibility of a $175 million cost cap. And mm-hmm. I mean, that, all of this is, and, and of course, Gary, the, the things they're trying to do with aerodynamics and this season, I mean, we haven't even talked about it, but you know, they made, they made some changes this year to the front wings. We talked about it because they look different, but it really hasn't affected it dramatically, mm-hmm. maybe to some degree. But yeah, Gary, it's, um, it's, it is the biggest problem in Formula One. We all, look, when Formula One came to Coda here and the cars were 10 seconds faster than IndyCar, I want that. I want Formula One to be that technological pinnacle. And I want that technology to trickle down to my road cars. We're in such a, it's such a weird time right now because everything's turning electric. You know, we're going to still have hybrid cars. We're still going to have gasoline probably cars, but... But all of this, all this swirling around, Liberty Media really jumped in at a pretty difficult time yeah. to try to do all this. But it always is. It has been since DOT, you know, since they started Grand Prix racing. It's always been a technological advancement uh, each time. Look, look, look back to 1950 when it started. So it's always been in the middle of that maelstrom of technology versus sport. Um, but I, I hear you. I, hear you. I say we go to Portland and Oregon. We'll go to the IndyCar track. Race <laughs> there. You there. Go. there. All right. Go. Well, Gary, thanks well, for calling I, in, I, man. I've never... Uh, I've never been to one of these uh, Formula One races, but they are really, really exciting even to listen to. I mean, I listened to uh, your call on the radio, mm-hmm. and it's like I, I could see it. And so great, great work that you're doing. Thank yeah, you well, so thanks. much. Well, thanks. Gary. Tune in again. we got France in a couple of weeks. Yeah, thanks, Gary. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye now. That's All right. good. Somebody, good to hear. Yeah. And radio is, a, it's interesting. Radio, it's such a visual sport, but, you know, radio is a really good medium for racing, especially when, you know, those five live guys, they know what they're doing yep. and, and they bring it alive. It's great. Yeah. Hey, we just had somebody tweet at us and it's for you, Jonathan. It says, what's the penalty for not taking off your helmet to weigh in like Vettel? I mean, he kind of... You don't get bugs in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, yes. uh, the actual official penalty. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, t- is he talking about Vettel? Yeah. Well, I actually think Vettel walked straight off his car and straight onto the scales with his helmet on because by the time he w- walked to the stewards, I think he'd already been on the scales. And that's why those two guys that were sort of chasing him out the back, um, he just stepped on the scales. He did his he did his due diligence, as it were. So I don't think he's going to get fined for that. I don't know exactly what, uh, what the fine is, but uh, either way, uh, <laughs> he was fun. Yeah, well, that was from William Ricker. Hey, I want to thank everybody who followed us today on Twitter. Lots of new followers. Uh, the latest one, James Miller, I saw that. So I appreciate all that. But uh, but yeah, you got something else? Yeah, talking? just the last point. I, may, I mentioned that they're going to Los Angeles. They're going to do it around the same weekend as uh, the, the beginning of November for the Austin Grand Prix. So they'll be doing another festival to celebrate uh, what's going on here in Austin in LA. And they're also doing one in Brazil later. Yeah, they've got all that on their website. It's like, just look at F1 festivals, I think is part yeah. of their... But yeah, it was, uh, I tell you what, I had fun. This was such a, Uh, this was a great, fun race to watch. Having less 
again. Yeah, no, brilliant. And, and, you know, walking through the grid, calling us with all the interviews and everything. It was really fantastic. And, and, and all the callers today, thank you for calling in. You know what the footnote is? What's that? How handsome do you think Hamilton is now, Sebastian? <laughs> yeah, if you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't hear that at the beginning with Sebastian, yeah, that's awesome. But, uh, but yeah. So what's up next? France. Yep. Two weeks, and then the British Grand Prix. Yep, it's Silverstone. Yeah. Well, lots. Of, I wish we had a little more time because there's so many people on social media right now talking about all the different angles, and and people are mad about it and everything. But but yeah, we gotta we gotta go, guys. So thanks for tuning in. Um, check us out on our website, of course, speedcitybroadcast.com. You can uh, see when and and all the races. We've got and, an interview with the world champion Jack Villeneuve. We're going to put out on SoundCloud. That's right. We didn't even get to play that today. Yeah. yeah so we'll get it out there. Yeah. So we'll get all of, and and that's another thing. If you go to our website and uh, check out our SoundCloud account and everything, we put all sorts of content out all all during the week. So thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Manana. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.